Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Business Builders Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Stannis. You've probably heard that businesses, both small and large, are using email marketing to grow their revenue, reach new audiences, and better engage with their customers. But is email marketing really worth it? What more? With more digital marketing options than ever before, including social media marketing, Google ads, does email still hold its value when it comes to actually generating revenue? In today's episode, we'll talk about how you can supercharge your email marketing efforts and optimize the time you spend doing it. But first, let's meet today's guest, Nella DeCesar. Nella is the Managing Director for WBN Marketing right here in Naples, Florida. Nella, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Charles. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so before we get started, I did want to give a little shout out for those of you who missed our previous episode that we collaborated with Nella on. It was all about how to generate effective leads through your website. I definitely Mm -hmm. recommend checking that out if you haven't had the time to do so. So um, let's kind of, you know, jump right in. Um, You know, Nella, I'm going to ask you kind of a a really simple question. I think it will (laughs) help segue us into this as we talk. Um, Email marketing, you know, is it worth the time investment? It absolutely is if it's done right, you know, um, and I say this a lot about different marketing vehicles, but there's a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. And, um, you know, with everything that's kind of gone on in the world the last few years, you know, email marketing has become one of those ways um, that is a direct hit in the mailbox Um, and which is a great thing. But of course, as we know, you know, some of us can get hundreds of emails in our inbox. So, you know, how do we use email marketing to get folks' attention and to, you know, gain new customers without being intrusive and, you know, um, kind of, I guess, falling into that crowd of all the other emails? How do we get noticed, I think, is really, um, you know, the question here. And, um, you know, and there's a lot of um, things going out there with email fraud. So, you know, people are on also on high alert as to, you know, what they're receiving in their inbox, what they're seeing, you know, they're making that decision, should I open this email or shouldn't I? So really, um, just to kind of start this ball rolling, you know, email marketing needs to be a more personalized experience. Like if you're If you're a company and you're still kind of emailing to the masses with the general information or, you know, dare I say, in the news (laughs) information, you're really kind of falling behind the times on this. Um, You know, that generic approach is really going to lower your open rate. And, you know, again, people are very conscientious about what they're opening in their email today. So, you know, um, if they receive a generic email, honestly, they're likely to delete it. So, you know, our emails really have to be targeted. Our messaging has to be point on. Um, We also have to segment for the different, you know, audiences we have. You know, for example, a lot of my clients sell, you know, different line of products and one line of products may um, have an audience, let's say, of an older crowd when the other line of products is really a younger crowd. So if you're sending that blanket message to all of the, you're you're not going to get results. So we want to segment that out and start sending emails to the right audience with the right message and getting their attention. Yeah. Um, so, so that you, yeah. Well, let me ask this. When you talk about, you know, personalization, are we talking about um, simple things like, you know, mm-hmm. including their names and, and mm-hmm. you, know, you, you had mentioned the lists. I think that's something that yes. you can also kind of dive a little bit deeper into of, you know, 
where should someone yes. start if you know they haven't mm-hmm. they don't have any lists let's just say you know you had mentioned they have that you know sure. they have the their whole uh, maybe they do have one list and that list is like 5,000 contacts and that's literally everyone in their business right oh goodness <laughs> right yeah. you know um, they, they've never done it before right right so the first thing you want to do you know first of all kudos to anybody that has a list of 5,000 emails that they've been collecting because good for you, because a lot of people I talk to really have not done the best job of collecting email addresses from, you know, customers or potential customers. So I would probably start there. Um, If you're not currently doing that, start doing that because, you know, the best email list is going to be the ones that you collect from, you know, current customers, uh, potential customers. Um, I've, I get this question a lot about people asking, you know, should I buy an email list? I highly recommend you don't just buy an email list. And here's why, um, you know, we have can spam laws, obviously that dictate that, you know, people need to give you permission to receive information. They need to opt in. Um, So when you buy a list, you're essentially buying a list of strangers um, who may have opted in to get information about what you do, but they don't know your company from anybody else. So right off the bat, you're at a disadvantage because you're a stranger and now you're going to buy an email list and spam people who don't otherwise know you. Um, Not only is that not very lawful, um, <laughs> but, um, it, it's just really not the best way to, um, nurture those relationships. The best thing to do is to start with, you know, um, obviously your current customers, potential customers, you know, build it, build a list organically because those people either already know you, or they've heard of you, or perhaps you met them at a networking event. So, you know, you've opened that door. So there, you know, and you'll give them a chance to opt out of course, but you're, you're starting a relationship and this is what this is all about, right? Relationship building. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So I don't recommend ever buying a list and, and a lot of the list vendors, sadly out there, you know, sell lists that are not fresh, <laughs> you know, so you you could be buying a list with emails that are like five years old, and that's not going to do anybody any good. So um, definitely want to create that organic list. And the way you do that, um, and this kind of leads us right into the segmentation. So if you've got a current list of customers that already are working with you, um, you know, and you've got their email Um, addresses, that should be your first list. I mean, that right there is your low hanging fruit. Those are the people who already work with you. They know how great your company is. They know how great your products are. Um, You know, you can be emailing them about referral programs and what's in it for them. So that's one segment right there. Um, And it's really easy to build that list. You either already have it in your database or you already know these folks and you can call them and say, hey, you know, we're going to be sending out some valuable information or valuable offers. Can we put you on our email list? I guarantee you nine out of 10 times they'll say yes. And then, of course, if they decide they don't want to receive the email, they can always opt out. And then the, the second part of building a list are, you know, potential customers. So these are the customers that you're going to um, meet at networking events, um, maybe through other customers, referrals, things like that. So um, those are the people that you want to try and get to be customers. So um, those people are going to have a completely different message, right, than the people that already know you. So those people will be segmented in another list. And those are the people where you want to try and give them, you know, your best offer possible. You know, you definitely want to give them an incentive to start working with you or to use your company or whatever else. So, you know, that's an, a, another list. Okay. 
And, and, you know, you can, so it, basically if you've got that list of 5,000 that we're talking about, start grouping those people into different buckets. So, you know, you could even group them. Here's what I've done here for us is I will take those, um, that big major list and I'll group them into, you know, kind of my A, B, C clients. So A clients might be people that we currently work with, that we work with all the time, you know, um, B clients might be people that we work with, but maybe they don't purchase a lot of, you know, um, services from us right now, but have the potential to benefit from our services. So they might get a different message. So um, I don't know, are we, are we starting to get the gist of this? We wanna take that big list of 5,000 and put them into different audience groups. Um, because a lot of those people are going to get different messages. So I would start there. For yeah. Sure. And I know, I know, you know, using us as an experience, once we realized that it was okay to not send a message to everyone, I think that's, Ugh, the, that's, right? that's the hurdle to get over, right? <laughs> that's people, right. People are afraid. Well, if I segment this list down from, you know, 5,000, we'll, we'll use that number, right? To a thousand. Yeah. I think everyone feels like they're missing a huge portion of their Right. Other, other and, and you know what? I'm here. I'm here. You, that's a really great point. I'm glad you're bringing that up because I'm here to tell everybody listening to this podcast right now that is simply not the case. Um, as long as I've been doing marketing for 28 years, you know, our mode of deliveries have changed over the years. We've gone from, you know, paper essentially to digital to, you know, we, we the marketing world has changed. But here's one thing that that doesn't change um, is is that that targeted message and getting in front of people and gaining that trust and credibility. So that really has not changed. Um, so we still want a targeted approach, no matter what medium you're using, whether it's direct mail, whether it's email marketing, whether it's your website, you want to target that audience and the different segments will help us narrow the targeting down. So essentially you're not sending less emails, you're sending better emails that are more relevant and contextual to the audience. So when we do that and, and you know, history throughout the ages of marketing and, and hard cold data has told us that when we segment and we target with, um, you know, uh, relevant information to the different groups, we have a better open rate and we have more of a chance of converting those, um, you know, recipients into actual business, into new customers. So we're not really sending less emails. We're just grouping people into smaller, more, and in my opinion, more manageable groups. Um, and we're sending them more um, contextual information, more relevant information that's going to increase our open rate. That's going to increase our conversion as well. So, you know, um, you know that, that mindset of, oh, we're sending less emails. That's just simply not true. You got to get that out of your head. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's, that's definitely great to hear. Targeted is always best. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, once you get past that point, like I said, right. it just opens up so many more options and you'd be it surprised. Sure does. It sure does. The point of like, once I can get it segment, how engaged you can actually get that group. that's right and there's some really simple things you can do to um target your emails that don't take you know a lot of heavy duty technical stuff but just to kind of get everybody even further excited um there's a lot of things happening now and probably going forward you know it, with artificial intelligence otherwise known as ai for those who don't know if you see ai um the artificial intelligence is is coming out there to where we can now 
um, you know, segment through like the website. So like, if like a lot of people do this, like if somebody hits a website, you might see, you know, um, a banner ad or something after that. Well, now they're working on some technology to where you can receive an email just from going to a website and, and putting in some minor information, like, you know, just shoot, you know, all kinds of artificial intelligence things that are just, um, you know, interactive emails is another thing that I've been reading about that's coming out. So it's really getting high level. Whereas, you know, we might've thought a while back that email marketing might've been kind of, you know, um, something that wasn't working as good as it used to just because of, you know, the mass email marketing, but things, technology is coming out for us to even further target using different applications like websites, search engines, and all kinds of other stuff. Um, so that's pretty exciting, but there are some very simple things like you don't need to go out and spend thousands of dollars on, you know, fancy you know, technology right now, unless of course you want to, it's always exciting, but um, there's a lot of simple things we can do as well. Um, so, you know, to start you on that path. Um, and I can go through that if you'd like to, we kind of talked about some of them, like never buy an email list, you know, build a healthy one, uh, you know, through innovative campaigns and compelling offers, obviously. But um, another thing, you know, review that email list every six to 12 months and remove the ones that don't open emails. Because for whatever reason that may be, you know, if they're not opening them, it, it's costing you money to send those emails to those folks. Right. And if they haven't opened your emails in three to six months, get rid of them, you know, yeah. just no, take that, them off. That's a great point. So in your eyes, should someone almost be doing a health check every month, two months? That's every six months, six I like months? to say. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're like us where, you know, we have a steady stream of new clients coming into our firm. So we add them and, you know, every six months, I typically like to go through and resegment and, and do that. But, you know, for some companies um, that like, for example, e-commerce companies that sell products every single day online or getting new customers, you know, at breakneck speed for them, I would absolutely um, advise reviewing that email list every three months, every three months. Um, just depending on how fast that, you know, customer turnover is. Um, but yeah, we definitely at least every six months and, and, you know, go through and remove that. And then, you know, and there's also email platforms out there that block emails and, you know, there's, it's hard, like banks and financial institutions, um, you know, we have a hard time. Like if you're using constant contact or MailChimp, you're going to have a hard time getting through that firewall. And that's just kind of, um, you know, a fact of life. But if you, you know, contact that person, they might be able to whitelist, you know, your emails coming in or some other way or a Gmail or, um, but you definitely want to go through that list because you could be spending money sending, you know, uh, emails to people who either aren't interested or aren't able to receive the email. So, you know, just focus on the people that actually want your information and want to receive it. Yeah. And so in that sense, are we just kind of removing them from a certain lists and just kind of letting mm -hmm. them live without being segmented and just that way, you know, we can maybe look at yeah. them in the future. To I try mean, to you could do it them? a couple different. Yeah, you could do it a couple different ways. Um, you know, what I do, like we use constant contact and it's pretty good and they have really good reporting. So I'm kind of a fan of them and then a couple other platforms as well. But what I like to do is because I know within constant contact and, and a lot of other platforms, you know, you have to pay to house emails in there. So I typically take them out altogether so I don't have to pay to have that contact in there. And then I just have a kind of a 
suppression list that I kind of keep updated in a file, an Excel file. And that tells me that, yes, this person once was inside of my database, but for some reason they weren't responding to emails. So I took them out. So what that does is that keeps record of what I have suppressed out in case somebody else wants to, you know, resubscribe, which they can do. But it also um, alleviates me from having to pay to have that contact in there. Um, and we're not sending them emails right now anyway. So I don't want to pay to house that contact. I'd rather just put it on a suppression list for right now. Um, and that's how I've done it. But yeah, sure. I mean, if, if you're okay with paying for that, you know, I think like, for example, constant contact, you know, 100 to 500 contacts is a price level and so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, so, so essentially, you know, you're kind of in, in control of your budget. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? Because yeah. you, you can then say, okay, I, I, I know I'm not going to engage these people. Let me right. take them off of my platform so I don't incur those costs and then right. I'll, I'll keep them over here and then maybe I can revisit them and try to engage them in the future. Right. And then what I've done too is like maybe once every six months or sometimes once a year, it just depends on who's on that suppressed list. I might actually just, you know, put them in a, a segregated list and constant constant contact and then send them an email and say, Hey, we haven't heard from you in like, you know, six months to a year. Would you like, and then also include the resubscribe um, field in there as well. So they can resubscribe back into your database. That's right. the best case scenario. So it's almost like a win back campaign. Yeah, exactly. And that's another segment. So when you're ready to hit those folks up, then you can just put them right back into a list. And now that is your, you know, like you just said, your campaign to hopefully win some folks back. But, you know, at some point, you know, obviously if people are, you know, people change emails all the time. That's another thing I see, you know, somebody might update their email address and maybe not tell you and you're sending emails oh, out and it's going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, you you know, um, we might reach out to them and say, hey, you know, we noticed that your email address has changed. You're not getting our emails. Would you like to, um, you know, update your email to get our information? So that's another good way to manage that as well. Um, you know, it, it does take a little time to manage it, but it's worth it because while you're doing all the segmentation um, and all of this, you know, personalized messaging, um, you know, it, it, you're, you're increasing your conversion. You're, you're increasing your chances of getting people back in or getting new customers. Um, something that we like to do is we also send out emails um, to current people with our referral program. So I usually send a quarterly email and remind people, hey, here's our referral program. Here's, you can get money off your services if you refer people to us. And it's really funny because, you know, people forget they have so much stuff going on and you might think that, oh, they don't care but they really do. <laughs> and I always find out when I send that email out once a quarter, no doubt, I, I literally get like four people back who are like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. You know, I need to talk to you about so-and-so. I wanted to refer them over to you. You know, so it's like an immediate shot in the arm, um, you know, and keeping top of mind is really another way to, you know, uh, increase your conversions as well. And if you don't have a referral program with your current customers, I highly recommend you put one together because that is like low hanging fruit. That is like the, you know, shooting fish in a barrel for lack yeah. of a better phrase. But you're, you know, like I said earlier, your current clients already know how great you are. So if you put a referral program in front of them and remind them once a quarter via email, um, you know, that's money off for their services. So they're like, oh, wow, I forgot about this. So, you know, that's another tactic that we use here that I find is very effective. But, um, 
you know, so what we don't want to do, just to kind of recap, you know, we don't want to send out broad messages. And the other thing along the same lines that I want to mention is the frequency in which we send these emails out. You know, if you're, <laughs> when you're, when you're doing the narrow down targeted message and using segmented lists, you have a lot more freedom to send emails more often that are going to be well received and opened. But if you're sending the mass email out and you're, and you're sending it out, you know, once a month to the masses with, you know, just generic broad content, you are not going to get anything. Stop doing that. <laughs> so you don't want to keep pelting these people with, you know, information that they don't even care about. That is the quickest way to get somebody to opt out of your campaign. Um, you know, because they're like, I get emails from people. I'll tell you what, some places send me emails that it's just the same old, same old. There's nothing engaging in the subject line for me to even want to open the email. And I've gotten to the point where I just start deleting them upon seeing the subject line because I already know what's going to be in there. Yeah. And that's never so good. Please don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then that's really bad because, you know, I end up opting out. So I'm never, you know, now I've opted out and they've lost me forever. You know, it's really easy to lose people forever on email. So again, that targeting segmentation is so important um, and, and it's going to improve your results. I, I guarantee you're going to have better results from doing that. Awesome. And so to kind of recap on what you had just mentioned, and it's a really uh, broad question, and I would assume this, mm -hmm. this is determined obviously by industry and things like that, but you had mentioned sure. the frequency. So something I always hear from people is like, well, how much is too much? How much is too little? So should, mm -hmm. should people be really paying attention to that and see like yes. wh what's working for them and what's not working yes. for them? And I guess uh, the, the mm -hmm. big thing too is if it's not working or if they notice it's, it's, it's having a negative impact, they need to act upon it, correct? Absolutely. Um, yes, is the answer to everything you, you just mentioned. Um, you know, when things aren't working, fix them, you know, because the last thing you want to do is continue to do something, you know, because I, I hear this from a lot of people, oh, we sent out some emails for six months and sent out our news once a month and never really got any responses. So we quit doing it. I mean, that's even worse, you know? Um, so uh, again, having the targeted email is going to give you a lot of freedom to decide how often you should send these emails out. Like for example, um, the, 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 the example I mentioned before about our referral program, I send that out once a quarter and it does the trick. You know, I wouldn't want to send that out every week because it's going to become intrusive about, you know, people don't have time to get that message every week, but it's effective when we send it out once a quarter to remind people and, and people appreciate that. So we kind of found that magic frequency there for that particular, you know, segment, <clears throat> but, um, you know, you never want to pelt somebody incessantly with emails. You know what I'm saying? Um, because think about it. People have hundreds of emails. You know, they they want to read what's interesting and relevant to them. And if you start doing that to the point where, you know, like I have some companies that send me emails every week. I literally just opt out because I just, you know, they, they're, an option wasn't given to me to decide how frequently I wanted to receive these messages. Um, so they're just sending it, you know, every week or, or, you know, every day, dare I say, and nobody has time to do that every day, right? So again, making these, these targeted will help you understand the frequency. And sometimes you have to do a little testing, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's not uh, always a clear answer. And I'll give you an example. 
Um, I have a, a nonprofit client where, you know, the, the donors are kind of on the older side and uh, we were doing some emails and, and, you know, they have a very good open rate. Um, and there was some debate on what time of day to send these emails out. You know, some said, oh no, we need to send it really, really early because we've got older people who are opening these emails. And then, you know, other folks were saying, no, you know, nine, 10 o'clock in the morning is fine. And, and I said, well, you know, let's, let's do some A-B testing. So we did. And the result, and we did it like three times to make sure it wasn't some weird anomaly that we were seeing. But lo and behold, we had better open rates for this particular crowd of donors when we, believe it or not, true story, sent these emails out at 5.30 in the morning. I kid you not. We had like 80% open rate between like 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. So I said, wow, that is mind blowing. Let's do it a couple more times to make sure this isn't just some strange anomaly. And lo and behold, we did it a couple more times. And now that is kind of um, how we roll with that particular client. We send these emails out earlier in the morning because when we were sending them out later in the day, we were getting less of an open rate. So, um, you know, those are things that you find out, you know, through testing. So if you have to do a little bit of testing just to see the frequency or the time of day, by all means, do that. Um, I've also um, done some testing by, you know, talking to some of my clients, like, like I'll talk to like maybe five or six of my clients and make them like a focus group. And this really works. If you can, you know, find five to six of your best clients or 10, um, depending on what your industry is and make them a focus group and, you know, send them emails, send them test emails and let them, you know, give you feedback on how they would respond and their interpretation and, you know, give them a free gift card or something. Um, there's so many different ways to test, but it is super important because we don't always know the answers to like how frequent, you know, I would have never thought that this audience would be giving an 80% open rate at 630 in the morning, I, I, you know, I, I never in my wildest dreams, <laughs> but they did. And it, 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 it's a true story. So um, yeah, testing and you know, it's hard for me to give a concrete answer on frequency. I mean, you know, obviously we don't want to bombard people with useless information, but if you're doing the segment segmenting and you're doing the targeting, um, you know, you can test that and see what's going to well, give you the best re result. Yeah. And I also think, you know, you had said it, I think you hit the nail right on the head when you said, give them the option, right? So yeah. if you're able to ask them, Hey, do you want to get this every week, every month, every day, whatever it is, right? Like what works right. for you? And, you know, right. your, your takeaway really was, is utilize your audience and let them be the ones that allow you to make the decisions, collect that data, right? Absolutely. Give them flexibility. Everybody loves options. And, you know, I wish I see that. I wish that I could see that more in campaigns like, Hey, you know, we're sorry to see you go. Would you like to have your email only once a month now, instead of once a week? Like if I saw that and I see it once in a while, it's a great technology, but I don't see it enough. And if I saw that, I'd probably be more apt to stay with a choice of a lesser delivery frequency than, you know, just getting it once a week and not given that option and then just opting out altogether. And then you lose me forever. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, absolutely. Giving and it's them funny because obviously our listeners, you know, they can't see us right now. They can hear us, but I literally wrote down, give them the option. I circled it. I underlined it. I started, that's the takeaway, right? So <laughs> definitely don't, you know, don't, don't miss advantage, take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. Okay. Let's, um, let's kind of shift a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about the email itself. Um, 
you know, hopefully they've, they've now segmented their email, they've done testing, they've listened to their customers. I want to talk a little bit about uh, best practices for actually creating the email. So things oh, about, yeah. you know, subject lines and a big thing now, obviously, is, you know, make sure it, it, it's designed well for mobile. And then mm-hmm. the big engagement thing that seems to be exploding, it's not new, it's been happening for a while now, is, is video content, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of those things are important. You know, video content, absolutely. We, we have hard-cold data that says video content, uh, video content engages users more and will get them you know, to look at your email, for sure. Um, I'll tell you what, a big, big thing is the subject line. Okay, that is going to make or break whether somebody's going to open that email or not. And a lot of people don't realize this, but sometimes when you put punctuation in subject lines like exclamation points or commas, um, a lot of email platforms look at that as spammy and may not deliver the, the email because there's an exclamation point in the subject line. So be really careful with, and you know, not all email platforms, some of the really, um, you know, bigger ones um, you know, have a way to get around that. But if you're just, you know, a small business, you're using constant contact or MailChimp, um, I, I do know we want to kind of, you know, maybe watch the punctuation because especially the, like I see emails that have like 18 exclamation points at the end of a subject line. Well, I'm here to tell you, we don't need, you never ever need more than one exclamation point in any copy. I'm just going to throw that out there. But especially with email subject lines, you don't, you don't need 18 exclamation points and maybe not even one, okay? What's really going to grab somebody is, you know, an offer or, you know, just some, some kind of direct statement like, you know, here's, your, your, here's this week's, um, you know, online offer for your favorite product, you know, especially for somebody that's bought from you already. So you kind of have to get a little creative with that subject line to get somebody to open the email. And, you know, this is a common practice among recipients like for example I'll go through my emails and if the subject line is just kind of like vanilla and broad and or or dare I say I don't even know what the subject line means I'm just gonna hit delete (laughs) so you've got one shot literally you've got two seconds for somebody to look at that subject line and want to open your email so to me, that is probably the most important part of the structure of the email is that subject line. So should we, um, should we kind of follow what we talked about and say, if we're going to do A-B testing, the subject line should be something that we're testing? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, again, it depends on your audience. And we've already talked about the segmentation. So, you know, potential customers versus, you know, current customers are going to have probably very different subject lines. So yes, absolutely. Testing is always going to, um, you know, send you down the right path with that. But, um, you know, and, and again, getting creative with those subject lines and piquing somebody's interest, especially somebody, you know, a potential customer that doesn't really know you that well, um, that is paramount. So super important part of the email. <clears throat> and then, um, you know, getting into the content of the email I've done a lot of testing on the content of email, and I can tell you, you know, video content is great, but other than that, short and sweet and to the point (laughs) really tends to get better results than the email. Like if I have to scroll through two or more paragraphs to see what you're talking about, I'm done, right? Yeah. And the days of putting the entire article in the email 
to scroll down a hundred pages, it, that's done. I still see people doing that, believe it or not. Um, you know, we want to use links in our email. Like um, a, a nice thing to do is, you know, post post an article on your news or your blog on your website, you know, put three lines in with a link to read more. Um, and then that person, again, we talk about choices, giving choices. I can choose to click on that link and read the entire article, or I don't have to scroll down and just get out of, you know what I'm saying? Like, if yeah, I well, then I, that, I guess the benefit of that too, is now we've taken them to our website, right? Right, exactly. Which is a win That's for us. You hit the nail on the head. That's a twofold benefit right there. You know, you've sent them to, to go to your website. That is the best case scenario. You know, you don't want them to read the whole article in the email. That's that's a waste of everyone's time. Give them two or three sentences, read more, send them to the website. And then while they're at the website, not only can they finish reading the article, but they can look and see what you have to offer and get to know you. It's a beautiful way to do it. Um, you know, we don't want people scrolling through emails. You know, we want it short and sweet and succinct and those links provide that. And then of course it brings people to the website, which is even better. Um, you know, video is engaging. So obviously video content, um, you know, it just, you know, the content has to be relevant. Like, you know, if you're that company that's still sending out the monthly email about in the news and our employee of the month and, you know, all that's nice, but I have to be really honest with you. People are asking themselves what's in it for me. Like, that's great that your employee of the month is so-and-so and, and congratulations, but this has nothing to do with me as your customer. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sorry. I just have to tell you that. A lot of people, you know, they just don't care, you know, about those kinds of things. They want to know what's in it for them. So, you know, if, if I have the choice of opening an email that says, oh, our quarterly news in the news at ABC company, or I have the option of opening another email that says, you know, here's a coupon for your favorite product at ABC company. Guess which one I'm going to open, right? Pretty easy. So, exactly. So, yes, the content is important. Um, it must be relevant and it must be targeted. Um, otherwise, you know, why bother, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and hey, listen, we've all learned this lesson the hard way. I mean, you know, uh, seven years ago, we were doing that, you know, sending out the quarterly emails. And then I looked at this and I was just like, why are we doing this? <laughs> you know, I mean, as I'm watching the open rate steadily decline, right? Just, just, you know, I'm like, why are we doing this? So to be really honest with you, the emails that I send to my clients, if I don't have something um, targeted to say or an offer or something that's interesting or compelling to them, I don't send it because there's just no point. So just to kind of recap, like, you know, we send our quarterly reminders about referral programs. That's good information because it provides people discounts. Um, you know, we also do a lot in terms of website security and things like that, as you know. Um, so whenever we have security updates or any like world news about security, that seems to be a very hot topic for people. People like being in that loop. So we send that, but, you know, I don't send them, you know, twice a month. I don't, I don't, I send them only when it's, you know, um, relevant and breaking news, that sort of thing. Awesome. And our open rate has improved immensely because of that. So, um, yeah, just because, you know, you have email doesn't mean you just want to, you know, blanket with these broad, you know, broad content. You want to definitely make it worth their while. Um, yeah. So, Yeah. Well, Nella, thank you so much. This has been a fantastic insight. Uh, I definitely want to give our viewers the option if they have any more questions, if they want to connect with you, if they want to reach out, what's the best way to do so? 
Well, um, you can reach me by going to wbn-marketing.com. Um, you can fill out a contact form or you can call me directly at my direct number, which is 239-919-0933. Or you can just shoot me an email at nella at wbn-marketing.com. Awesome. Thanks so much, Nella. You bet. Have a great day, everyone. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, make sure to click that subscribe button so you never miss another show. Join other professionals looking to grow their business with Southwest Florida Inc. at swflinc.com and sign up for a free membership today. Thanks so much for listening to Business Builders. We'll see you next time.